All right, we are back. Welcome to a new episode of Tau Light Talk. This is Casey. This is Chris. And we said that we were going to get more frequent with these things, so here we are. <laughs> uh, one week later. It's, a, it's amazing. Not even a week, dude. Huh? It's like five days later. Oh, it's uncanny. I know. Uh, we got a lot of shit to go through. Um, so let's get right to it. Do you want to start off with Alien Day? I do. I, I think do it's, it. I think, you know, it was something that just popped out of, out of nowhere. Um, you know, 20th Century Fox decided to put this day together in honor of Alien's 30th, 30th anniversary, right? I think it is. Mm, the Aliens. 30th. Aliens. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Aliens, like, 35th or whatever. Aliens' 35th anniversary. Uh, so it's going to be on April 26th. Uh, 426 in honor of LV426, the planet, colony, moon, whatever they're on in Aliens. Um, You know, the greatest film from the the franchise. Um, So it's very cool that um, they've decided to do this. This is kind of like uh, in light of uh, what Star Wars did with Force Friday, blah, blah, blah. But this, this actually makes me a lot more excited, especially with the experience we had with Force Friday. So, um, you know, a bunch of companies announced uh, you know, ex- exclusive merchandise that's coming out that day, new products, toys, those crazy Reeboks she wears in the movies. Um, so there's a lot of cool stuff. Um, I personally, I actually, I'm attending the marathon of Alien Aliens at the Alamo Draft House. So pretty excited about that to see both of those movies on the big screen uh, that day. Pretty jealous of you getting to see those movies on the big screen <laughs> in in glorious thirty five millimeter the way that they were shown originally. Um, so our website, don't forget a towel dot com. Uh, we got contacted, I guess, by the publicist, right? Um, um, what happened was I touched base with a, my contact at Entertainment Earth because um, I was just kind of following up on doing some promotions, and uh, she offered you know, to kind of do a cross promotion with them. Um, and actually I just got the, the merchandise today to review and photograph it's the Titan alien figures. Um, they're actually exclusive ones because normally they come in like a blind box. These are uh, two packs of both. Um, it's Ripley and the alien. And um, I forget what the other, uh, what the other one is, but they're exclusive to entertainment earth. Um, so I'll be reviewing those, putting them up um, and then, the contest, which will start running a week before Alien Day, ending on the day which will announce the uh, the winners, uh, will be giving away uh, those two packs. So look forward to that contest popping up soon on DFAT. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to hear Chris and I geek out about the franchise, go way back in... Actually, you know what? We did it for Gourmet Scum Radio, because at the, ta- at the time we didn't have Tale Talk, so... If you go back to Gourmet Scum Radio, one of uh, the other podcasts on the network, um, we do a whole Alien 35th anniversary, which was last year, uh, discussion on that. Um, so yeah, that, that's going to be awesome. Can't wait. Going to be a lot of great stuff happening. Um, all right, so let's get to some of the news here. Uh, like we said, there's been a lot of stuff in the last <laughs> couple of weeks. Um, or not even the last couple weeks, last five days <laughs> since since we we talked last. Uh, this episode will probably come out about a week after the other one, but yeah. So let's go through it. Um, 
today, or I guess it was last night, right? Right after yeah, was, the MTV Movie Awards. Yeah, I was just I was just online. I just popped up. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> ballroom blitz. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Suicide Squad released their third trailer, I guess. And um, what did you think? <laughs> that trailer, it just it it gets you excited. It's like it's very detailed to each character i guess it just kind of gives you more insight into the movie itself and the characters and their personalities um it got me very very pumped up for this movie it just looks like um it's a good time you know it is going to be a dark movie but you know with with some light elements to it because it is a comic book movie so i mean it looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun and action-packed and badass so i mean the more and more i see of this movie the more i want august to be here immediately yeah i mean i've said from the very beginning that suicide squad is better or it looks better than batman versus superman after seeing batman versus superman (laughs) these trailers are better than batman versus superman um i hope that they don't i I, you know i don't know screw the pooch or whatever the case may be um i doubt it i think david ayer is a fantastic director slash writer he also wrote the movie um, everything that we've seen in this trailer looks freaking fantastic. I was actually thinking about it. I was like, you know what? They made a really good choice being that it's PG 13 and that they're fighting against like these weird, like, I don't know, like demons are demon things. Mm-hmm. Like because it's PG 13, they can be as violent as they want. And to these creatures and it doesn't count because also the blood is not red. So it's black blood I'm using air quotes. Um, and, you know, you see, like, Katana, like, cut a dude's, like, face in half. And you can only get away with that in a PG-13 movie where you're not showing any real blood. It's awesome. So, like, they can go as crazy as they want with these characters. I also think that, <clears throat> I think it's a good it's a good new approach to the movies because we've seen such a serious side of DC for so long. It's nice to see the supernatural element being worked into it, especially with the Enchantress. If that's if that's the plot line they're going with, that she becomes the big bad of the movie, and she, you know, possession wise or whatever's going to happen, looks like that. Looks yeah. like that. But it's nice to see them going towards that side because DC really does deal with more like the like the supernatural and 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 um and more fantastical side of things. And without that, it just always kind of felt empty and, and too serious to me. And even like you know, where Arrow started and where it's now with like, with, uh, with Damien Dark using the idol and magic and all that stuff. It's so much, it's so much more of an open world and acceptable to me as a DC fan. And it's, it's really exciting to see this, this all coming, coming to be, especially after the disappointment of Batman Superman, which we don't need to keep talking about. But I mean, seriously, it's like, as long as, as long as David Goyer is not writing this, you know, his, his, his plunge in the, in the shittiness since the Blade movies, um, Blade three needs needs to be yeah since Blade three needs to be needs to be corrected by uh, this first real step in the DC cinematic universe, right? And I thought it was cool that they mentioned Superman, um, you know what I mean? And we yes. see more Batman in the trailer. Um, they, they did say that there's going to be a lot more Batman than you expect in this movie, which is exciting because I do like the look of that Batman, and I think that it it's a good fit for him to keep continually showing up in these movies he should and i hope Mm. we i mean we remember we saw like that behind the scenes picture and it was like ben affleck you know 
as I guess Bruce Wayne, like with the cap down, like in the crowd as like Joker and Harley are like walking towards their car. Like, you know what I mean? Like to see him undercover like that would be really cool. Then to see whatever, I guess he's saving Harley or, or whatever the hell's going on in that trailer. Like I'm excited. I'm pumped. Um, and she has her mallet. She has her mallet. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. She's got a freaking mallet. And we got to see, Endgame Joker. I put that picture up on DFAT today on the Instagram. Didn't you notice that? I like half it. his, yeah, his no. face is all burnt and his hair is like got that side, you know, thing from the Capullo look. Look at the picture I put up on the DFAT Instagram. Okay, I will. I yeah, was a little too distracted this morning by that by that green arrow toy. So, <laughs> oh, well, oh yeah, I didn't even write that down. We'll talk about that too. Yeah. Um, so. Anywho, yeah, the, it looks great. The music was great. Uh, looks a lot of like a lot of fun. Um, there was a rumor that came out, and the director actually shot down that they had to go and do reshoots to make it more funny. David Ayer put out a tweet, and he was like, "DC saw this movie and thought it was fucking awesome, so they wanted me to go and add more action to it." And like a couple people, I not that I know, but. Uh, reviewers from Collider um, actually got to see the movie already. They got to see it. I mean, obviously not 100% finished, but it was before the reshoots. And I think it was like two or three reviewers said it was awesome and said it was a lot of fun. And I mean, it doesn't it doesn't surprise us, right? I mean, like, that's just the way it is. It looks awesome. It's the way it has to be. Um, because, you know, they just they just proved what, what's wrong with making your movies too dark and and even like when 80% of the fans, you know, moviegoers and maybe more than 80% come out of the theater and say, listen, I go to the movies to have fun. I don't want to come out of movies where I'm like slip my, my wrist and shit. So it's like, I do the dark, do, I don't care if it's a mature DC movie, you know, but at least do it right. Have some fun with it and just, just make it worth my, my, my $20, you know, and my fandom. Right. So, um, speaking of your $20, uh, Batman vs Superman took a major drop again this week. Um, after the first week it dropped down, I want to say it was like 67%. And then on top of it this week, it went down another 54%. It was actually number two in the box office this week and only its second week. Um, world or sorry, I don't know what the worldwide number is exactly. I know that domestic it's two hundred and seventy two million, but um which is I mean that's that's a success. Yeah in overseas I mean it's past five hundred million. Is it though? <laughs> no. But I it's mean. not so it's made its money back because supposedly the movie cost two hundred and fifty million and then you add another, I wanna say two hundred million in marketing, maybe a little bit more. Um it's made its money back, but it's not. It's not made the billion dollars, and everyone was saying, analysts were saying, it needs a billion dollars in order to be considered a contender. It's not happening. They will not make a billion dollars. Well, that's that's the thing. So, under the premise that it's it's a Batman and Superman the same movie, and we've said this a hundred times, it should make its money back anyhow, just because right. initially just nobody knows what the movie is going to be like. Right. You know, so at the end of the day, say there was going to be a third movie in the same light, it would you probably make less. 
even if it wasn't Justice League, say they did another like whatever. Mm-hmm. Justice League's gonna make money just on the fact that it's Justice League. Say they did another Batman and Superman movie, that movie would definitely not be as people would not be as excited for that one. It would probably make less money just just in just to think like on those kind of terms. Yeah, they would probably do a better job if they made another movie this time around, but we've already been burned. So it's like we said that the Jungle Book would really dethrone it. It's already been dethroned in its third week, is it now? By Melissa McCarthy. By Melissa McCarthy. Um, exactly. And it's not even Ghostbusters. Right. So. <laughs> yeah, technically I want to say it's it's second week in the box office. Like full technical rotation. Because yeah. it came out on March 25th. That's so. messed up. That's terrible. Yep. All right. But anywho, we're not going to stick on that one. Moving on. We've already talked about it enough. Uh, Lego has announced a new DC uh, animated movie called Justice League Gotham City Breakout. Those are fun. They are. We like the Lego games. The Lego movies are also fun. I dropped an article the other week about this. Um, The the Blu-ray does come with an exclusive Nightwing blue minifigure, which is cool, which... As a Nightwing fan, is the shirt I'm wearing right now, which none of you can see, but that is enough for me to buy that movie alone just to get that minifigure. But um, my wife is a big fan of these movies. I watch them with her in kind of the background. I find them funny, Um, but they, you know, they're a great entry level. Lego always does a great job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Batman's attitude towards Superman is awesome in them, Um, especially the the Bizarro one. I think it was or one before that where he was just like. An ass to Superman the entire movie. It's it's very well written and the characters are very, you know, loyal to who they are. Um, and they're they're light and fun. So yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the last piece of little DC movie news um, is at the MTV Movie Awards last night. We're recording this on April 11th. Uh, the Rock and Kevin Hart hosted the Rock wore a Black Adam shirt. And he kind of threw some disparaging remarks over at Marvel um, in a joking way. I'm sure if Marvel asked The Rock to be in a movie, he would totally do it, especially since nobody has shit. They, they have not taken Shazam off the DC slate, but they've also said nothing about Shazam at all. They haven't, so, even, cast, they haven't even cast him. So it's like they cast Black, Black Adam so long ago. That's it. That's it. He's That's the only heard. thing attached to that movie. I don't know any director. I don't know any writers. DC has it on the slate, but you know, I don't know if like the rock knows something that we don't, <laughs> I just thought that it was, you know, worth mentioning. Definitely. All right. Moving on. Marvel. Um, Dr. Strange. They will be releasing a trailer tomorrow. Can't wait. Uh, what do you want to see in it? I don't. I don't really care. I just want to see. I want to see, <laughs> see his fingers do weird finger things. And exactly. <laughs> I want him to do like the the total like death metal rock out thing and um, yeah, just be throwing some spells around and see Wong driving a car or something. You know, something something very like loyal to the comics and mystical. And I don't give a shit because that movie, I, I can't wait for. I mean, it's 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 another step outside the bounds of just the normal superhero. Um, I will say, I guess, formula that we've seen for so long on the screen. Um, right. We've been kind of getting, you know, getting away from with like, like Guardians of the Galaxy, 
Um, Ant-Man, I guess, is kind of like a B-level movie in that world, but he's still a superhero. But um, I love the fact that these other characters are now, you know, let me put it this way. When you could have Ant-Man, Doctor Strange, and these characters get fans more excited for a movie than, say, Batman Superman, you're doing something right. So um, I'm very excited to see these these movies outside of the normal formula. Right. doesn't hurt that you got, uh, what's his name, Benedict Cumberbatch um, going around Midtown and going actually into Midtown Comics. Yep. And like greeting fans and holding yeah. both and saying you should buy this Brian K. Vaughn comic that I'm in. You know, it's just, it's funny. Um, it's cute. Like it's, it, they release some pictures on Entertainment Weekly. He looks badass. Um, Baron Mordor looks badass. Baron Mordor looks awesome. I cannot pronounce his name ever, but um, Chip, Chip Wally, Elijah Four. But, uh, Scott Derrickson, you know, he directed Sinister, and now he's directing this. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping we're going to see something more dark. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I want to see, like, Marvel's idea of a horror movie as much as it can be. Definitely. Cool. Um, all right, so we got that coming tomorrow. Uh, today, the Russo brothers confirmed that both Star-Lord and Thor will be in Infinity War. I no was didn't even write down that information. Listen, when they when they say there's gonna be like eighty Marvel characters in the movie, stop confirming it. Just sixty seven. Yeah. Whatever it is. Sixty seven thousand. I mean, if you're gonna put your entire movie cast in the movie, you know, except for the spoilers, like say people die in Civil War or, or whatever was gonna happen, yeah, we know that most of our movie characters, maybe the T V world characters will at least make an appearance in this movie by name. Or you know by transmission or something you know so this is this is Marvel's big chance to really tie everything together and really say yeah it's all connected you know so I think by paying tribute to the shows to the, all the movies I think that they have a really good opportunity here in two movies with part one and two to do something unprecedented that no other no other movies have really done. So I agree. But I actually have another piece of news that came out, which kind of contradicts that. Because, and I can't remember the actress's name, um, she is cast in Civil War as one character. Remember in the Civil War comic, it's the mom whose, like, kid blows up and, like, that kind of, like, sparks thing. And Iron Man is like, oh, man, you know what I mean? Like, Mrs. Graham, like, I'm sorry your kid blew up. That's why we got to you know, register. Um, so that actress is that role in civil war. And then she's also cast as a different character entirely in, uh, iron fist. And it's like, Oh, the, that's, Oh, that, that one chick who, the oh, African American woman. Yeah. So that's how far really? off the television show and the TV department in the movie department are it was like oh this lady's fantastic she's great let's put her in civil war the tv series probably when they were getting ready to cast luke cage probably didn't even realize that she was cast in civil war sloppy are you fucking kidding me if if you can if you can make it like i don't know i don't even excuse for it yeah you're right it's it's, there's no excuse that's kind of sloppy um it's not it's not an excuse about like whatever it's just okay it's dumb and it's like it's you're just 
you're you're backing away from world building. All I want to see that would fix at least that stupid thing. Please just put Coulson in Infinity War somehow. That's if you why isn't Coulson coming back to the light? You know, and just like he's obviously been alive for three years now in the in the yep. whatever it is three seasons. So it's like if you can give me the like a small Secret Warriors team showing up in Infinity Wars, I'll take it. You know, those kind of things. Like thing you just mentioned is very sloppy. Um, will a defender show up in Infinity War? I don't know, but you know, it's you're right. Um, I guess it does kind of just take away from that. But um, like I said, if if they can kind of just erase that kind of that sin of the past and give us some fan service in Infinity War, I would be happy. Yeah. I would look past if, something stupid like that. I guess it is stupid. I feel like you're right. If the Agents of Shield can show up in Infinity War. Like, if you have 67 characters, and right now we're probably working with 30. Right. Literally 30, maybe 40. Um, and they said characters. They didn't say, like, heroes. I mean, so they can, they can talk about bad guys, too. But it's like, you want to talk about how somebody in the TV world can't match up to the movie world. And that's more of a DC statement, like Zack Snyder talking about Grant Gustin. They haven't really said that in the Marvel world, but it's like, Everybody, for the most part, who is in the TV world has been in movies. You know what I mean? Like, Charlie Cox is in Stardust. Like, even Foggy was in the Hunger Games movies. Like, you got. He was in the Mighty Ducks. (laughs) He's in the Mighty Ducks. Coulson has switched between worlds. You know what I mean? Um, You know, a lot of those actors and actresses, like, have, have been in movies too, but it's like you need to be better at it's all connected. Right. Like you've grown outside of Agents of Shield and Captain America Winter Soldier, Captain America Winter Soldier. At this point, you really need to start like Martin Freeman, he's on Sherlock. He doesn't care about being on fucking TV. Throw his fucking character in there. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to like it doesn't have to be and Jeremy Renner has talked about being on TV. Throw him in fucking uh Hell's Kitchen, owning an apartment like the uh Matt Fraction comic. Yep. Yeah. No, I no exactly, and that's and that's the thing is like, um, why why not? Especially like my one of the best examples I have is like the Limitless TV show. It's like Bradley Cooper stars in the movie. Bradley Cooper is a huge movie star, but he shows huge, up on this TV huge show, Oscar nominee. Every other week he's on the show because he believes in like the whole like he's a producer on it. He's like yep. he's like the one of the main villains on the show. So the the line between TV and movies are so thin now because of the production value you have on even just basic cable, like normal TV. We're not talking HBO, Cinemax, and stuff like that. That's 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 simple because you get the big stars on that. But now these big stars are showing up on just normal TV shows. So just get it done. Don't make up these hashtags. It's all connected. If you're not going to go full yep. force into that, that's 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 basically it. That's all. Uh, all right, so. Civil War, um, it's screened. We're gonna cry when we're in the Dominican. We're gonna be like, "There's no, there's no social media. We're on total blackout." Which will—that's why we won't cry because we'll be be drunk on (laughs) a beach and we won't be on social media. So we can't. What we don't know can't hurt us, Chris. Right. It's kind of like an experiment where you you remove yourself from all the uh, outside uh, (laughs) influences, and it's like our own lost island. Yes. So Civil War, <coughs> you know, it opened up to positive reviews as positive. 
I think they're a little bit more than maybe it's more than positive. <laughs> maybe it's in light of the darkness that we just got out of. I think that's what it is. I think that like, and it's funny because people I read like Devin Fricci from birth movies, death, uh, Stevie Weintraub or whatever his name is from Collider, other like big people that I usually pay attention to their, their opinions on all liked it. You know, um, there was a couple like negative comments, not like all oh, this movie's bad. It was just like, you know, as usual, there's too much going on and whatever. But like that was small penance to like the last part of the movie is insane and Spider-Man is fucking amazing. Like that kind of thing. As he should be. He is the amazing Spider-Man. He is the amazing Spider-Man. You are correct, sir. I do like, I do like the comments that it's, they say a lot of people say it's the best Spidey they've seen yet. It's the best Marvel Which movie they've seen yet. Which is a bold statement to me. It is, but now you know. I love I love Spider Man too. I like Amazing Spider Man movies for what they are. At the same time, I think that Marvel will still do a better job at a writing Spider Man, b yeah. portraying Spider Man, and yeah. the fact that they just teamed up with Sony in the first place is an amazing thing. Um, still, I mean, when I watch Ultimate Spider Man, the TV show, it's 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 my favorite out of the Spider-Man out of the Marvel animated shows because it's it's funny, it's got good writing, and they treat the character the correct way. So it's like I'm really right. excited to see how Marvel really does Peter Parker because you know he got burned. Spider-Man three was terrible. Um, people have their problems with the Amazing Spider-Mans, and you know there's a few things there, but I'm excited. So there's a rumor. Or not? I don't know if it's a rumor or what, but like I heard, it's ten minutes Peter Parker, twenty minutes Spider Man in the movie. Cool. So, which is a hell of a lot more than I thought we were going to see of him. It's important, though. I think to I think so to do both because um, not only was Spider Man such a big part of Civil War in the first place in the comics, um, but Peter Parker was too because of his his obs- his obsession with Tony Stark, his obsession with Captain America as Spider Man is a little bit different than his obsession with Iron Man as Peter Parker. So that was kind of like his own, his own, um, I guess, conflict, you know, that was, he was the centerpiece of that, of, of that comic. So we'll really see how he's treated in the movies. Exactly. All right. So moving on to star Wars, we saw a rogue one trailer. Jesus. We could spend an entire episode on it. Just thoughts on the trailer. <laughs> If, We're if, sa- we'll save it for another Star Wars podcast, but we'll just your thoughts. If Disney continues down this path, this dark path, this it's the great it's 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 the greatest thing I've. I mean, come on, man! It's like the way I think about this new canon and these new movies. It, it's exciting because it's all new, and as we've mentioned before, um, they had so much all time. different. <laughs> they had Sorry. so they had so much time with the expanded universe. Years and years and years of, of building this stuff. And we, you know, we, we, the three, you know, with Moses, you and I, we, we, we talk, we debate all the time. But it's like, as I just mentioned, they just started the new canon last year. So it's like, yeah. we're like, oh, well, they could do this better. They could do this better. It's been a year. So it's like, just to think about how much stuff out, just outside the movies they could do to just kind of make this world better. Um, the movies are very limited, I guess, because there's only going to be two a year um, with, Mostly, it's going to be the trilogies, 
a couple standalone movies. It's really not that aggressive a schedule. So I'm I'm pumped to really see like with the books and comics and where they go and video games. I just think that there's so much coming at us um, eventually um, that we're not going to be disappointed. And Rogue One, just the initial trailer is just is just a good sign of things to come. So you like okay so with the trailer i'm glad that they showed war which is what gareth edwards had said this is called Sadar wars yeah it's seeing like it's the, like being in battlefront <laughs> yeah seeing those ATATs, yeah on the beach Gunning that was down. like game fucking over that was it <laughs> like that yep. shot yeah it's not only those are my favorite vehicles but it's like we've been playing like hours of Walker assault. So it's just like, yes, that imagery alone is just like, kind of just ties things together. You know, it's just like, this is a new aspect of the star Wars universe. We have not seen yet. And we're excited to see it. And they take the, and it's funny. Um, I was listening to a podcast. It's uh Jedi council. And they had Sam Witwer, who's now voicing Darth Maul and the emperor. And he was star killer in the games. And they had mm-hmm. Freddie fringe jr. The voice of Kanan on there. And Freddie Prinze is a huge video game uh, player. Actually, they both are. And he was talking about how, like, the mechanic, like, the, the ragdoll mechanics, like, when someone gets shot now and the bodies are, like, flying all over the place. And, like, that's so common in, like, the video games, but you don't see it in movies as much. And now you're seeing it. Like, even The Force Awakens, like, when you see, like, Poe and Finn leave um, with the TIE fighter. And they're shooting, and like the bodies are exploding everywhere, and you're seeing the same thing like in this trailer. And I was like, "That is awesome!" Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this has become like video games always emulated movies. Now movies are emulating video games a bit more, especially like Battlefront. It's that's all connected <laughs> right there. Well, I guess I guess what was that new move? Uh, that new video game that just came out for Xbox with the Division? No, it's with the guy who played Iceman. Uh, what is that? Oh, movie? Quantum Break. Right. That we are getting into the age of the tr- the the line between movies and video games being very thin. You know, it's yeah. It's just we are in a digital age, especially like we mentioned last time with the with the VR, all that stuff coming oh, out. Um, yeah. It's just we're we're there. You know, it's 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 a great time to be a geek. Um, and like you said, the more they can just kind of like merge the two and just use cgi the correct way um or just you know basic basic film technique just to make things look even more realistic the more exciting it is to watch these movies so absolutely uh we also in star wars news we got to see the uh the blu-ray came out for um force awakens now what did you think of the extras real quick um you know, after we initially talked about it, I was a little bit more, little more impressed with that the the documentary that was, I guess, it's four parts. It's over an hour long. It's right. It's decent. Um, they go into detail on some things, some nice behind the scenes. I have not watched the other. I watched the deleted scenes, which were kind of disappointing. Um, yeah. But the the documentary was cool. Um, I have not watched the other ones yet, but I could see them definitely going more in depth with a documentary on uh, more of an extended release. So, yeah, the other, the other parts are like seven minutes at most, I think, um, you know, you get to see like creating some of the creatures talking to John Williams, 
and basically it's like the documentary is an hour and then you know how they talk to John Williams for maybe like two seconds Mm -hmm. in this they're like okay let's talk for 10 minutes to him I mean it's it's fine as a whole I think you're getting like an hour and a half maybe two hours at most of stuff Um, but knowing that this was Star Wars and it's the first Star Wars that's you know in this new world you know they shot hundreds of hours of footage <laughs> to to document like this crazy occasion, and that's it. As a Star Wars fan, if you go and just sold me a disc, a disc, a dick, um, sold me a Phrasing. disc that's just yeah, I know, just of extras, and you charge me forty dollars. If I knew I was getting like an eight hour documentary, like they did with like Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the Thirteenth and Hellraiser, I'll do it. I don't give a shit. I'll do it. Here's the one thing, though. Owning the movie, watching it when you watch I watched it last night again. The, movie the more, I watch, the more I watch this movie, the more I realize how well it fits into the, the original trilogy, into that world, and how much I fucking love that movie. It's awesome. It's just like, it's one thing to like watch initially on the big screen and kind of take it in, watch it a couple times, but to own it and be able to just like, just randomly watch it when you want, analyze things differently is just you just realize how much like jj really put into that movie and it's it's amazing it really is i agree uh last little piece of star wars thing this is just funny um yesterday mark hamill tweeted out a picture it was him riding daisy ridley's back like he was yoda (laughs) i just thought that was funny (laughs) yes that that is quite funny actually (laughs) (laughs) um Anywho, so uh, one more piece of movie news. Uh, Turtles Out of the Shadows trailer 2 came out. Um, more of the same that you saw from the first trailer. Not as good of music. Uh, not as well put together as that first trailer. You get to see um, Bebop and Rocksteady a little bit more. You get to see Shredder a lot more, actually, in this trailer. But, like, that's it. I mean, I was... As soon as I saw that first trailer, and then yet again, knowing that Krang was in it, when you saw him in the uh, Super Bowl spot, this movie looks awesome. It looks like the freaking 80s came alive for this movie. Yeah, I mean, for for as angry as fanboys got for that first movie, <clears throat> the first movie was good enough, but this is like throwing everything at you. So if, if it doesn't yeah. please the, like, the basic turtle in, like fan in you, then you're not going to get much better in the movie world. So enjoy it. No. Because it's yeah. going to be a good time. Yep. That's it. All right. So why don't we take a quick break and we'll go down to the other pieces of news we got. All this top 40 music is so boring. Jeez. I sure wish I had something geeky to listen to. Well, I've got just the thing for you, stranger. Who are you and how did you get in my house? Don't even worry about that. If you're looking for the latest, greatest, and geekiest podcasts around, you should check out Those Geeks You Know. Those Geeks You Know? Wow! Three friends talking about comic books, movies, TV shows, all the things that I geek out about. But seriously, you gotta leave now. Be sure to check out Those Geeks You Know on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also like us on Facebook and Twitter and tell everybody that you know. You, you gotta leave. I called the cops. There the bugger is. She's a big one, ain't she? Oi! Over 20 points of articulation, great sculpting, and look at the paint job on her. We've been looking all over for this one. 
Let's get them in our sights and end this hunt now. All right. All right. Steady. Steady now. Got him! It's the pursuit of plastic. Listen to the podcast from the creators of Don'tForgetAtowl.com, geek out about toy news, hunting, and histories on your favorite collectibles. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Casey from Gourmet Scum Radio. We're two cousins talking about geeky pop culture stuff. You a fan of television, music, and movies of the 80s? (laughs) Well, we are too. Do you like being transported to galaxies far, far away and the threat of troglodytes that go boom in the night? Well, we're going to geek out about it. Have you ever scared yourself listening to ska music while reading a comic book and sipping on a tasty Jones soda? Then this is the podcast for you! Gourmet Scum Radio is here to tickle your holes and make you believe in dynamite explosions right again. Make sure to check us out on Stitcher and iTunes. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter and check out our website at don'tforgetatowel.com. You won't regret it! Move on to television, video games, and comics, and some toys. Yeah, let's do it. I, I the only thing I wanted to say, just real quick, video game wise, Ratchet and Clank comes out tomorrow. Um, I'm a huge fan of the series. The reviews came out today. They're all nines out of tens, four out of fives, if not fives. Like I saw a couple perfect ones. Um, so I'm excited for that and. That movie, though I have not really seen any other trailers like or TV spots, is supposed to come out this month as well, I thought. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they pushed that back to the summertime, but I'll go see the movie in the theater. I love that series. That's all. <laughs> yeah, that'd be an awesome movie in 3D. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be animated. They do a lot of cut scenes anyway. Like, if you just put the cut scenes, it's pretty much an hour and a half movie in itself. <laughs> so, <laughs> they just decided to put it up on the big screen. Um. So toys, though, you wanted to talk about some Mezco, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my new obsession, these 112 Collective figures are just some of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life. Um, Like I've mentioned before, I was a little put off by the fact that we didn't get our Batman figures the first time around. But I'm glad that I finally did pick it up because it is probably my favorite action figure yet. Of all time? To this date, it is, maybe, just because of, like, the full package, the price of it, the fact that it's six inches, my favorite scale, and, you know, soft goods and all the stuff that comes with it. And the fact that when you when you move the, the joints, it's just, like, one of the best put-together figures ever. Um, so I'm excited for the rest of these figures to come out. I have not opened up my Mutant Leader yet. I still have to do that. Um, but... I wanted to talk a little bit about the Punisher figure that um, was previewed maybe a couple weeks ago. And now, today, Mesco just put out the preview for the Green Arrow figure, which looks even more amazing than the initial shot of it. I mean... It does. This, this could be my favorite action figure of all time. <laughs> when it hits. Yeah, like, the things that they're doing... So, the Batman figure, don't get us wrong, is amazing. The Dark Knight Returns figure is awesome. Um... 
they're, they, you know, they tease, there's a Spock, uh, Frankenstein black and white that they've also teased, which looks really good. And I'm, I'm really on the fence about getting that as well. Um, but this Oliver figure, it was like, they had like freckles on his arm. You know what I mean? He, and it's classic Oliver. He's got the, the blonde hair, the goatee. Um, you know, we don't know exactly all of the accessories that are coming with it, other than obviously as his bow and quiver. Um, but multiple hands just, as usual. Yeah, multiple hands. Um, the price point's what seventy five dollars on these figures. Yeah, it depends on it depends on which figures. Um, you see them kind of jump between seventy to eighty dollars, um, depending on which ones they think they can make more money on. Uh, but it depends on which. Like, if you buy it direct from Mesco, you pay more because you got to pay for the shipping. You can take the chance of trying to order through Entertainment Earth or something like that. Uh, they were offering free collectibles. <laughs> Some of those still charge you shipping. Entertainment Earth, at least, as a promo at the beginning of pre-orders, doesn't. But I had that's when I ran into the problem not getting my initial Batman figure. So I, I'm somebody who will pay a little bit more just to get it, to make sure that I get it, because I know Mezco will fulfill those orders. So, um, you know, for 100 bucks though, you know, for a collector, collector figure of that, that scale and... That value, I just, I just think it's worth it. I still have to open mine up. Now you're making me want to, because um, that sounds crazy. Yeah, it's fun. That the just uh, the Batman comes with this thing that lets you even like mold his cape to make it look like he's flying. And it's just the attention to the detail is amazing, and it's just it's a great figure line, and I'm really excited that there's Marvel and DC characters from all walks of those worlds coming out. And it's shocking that, and it's well. One thing, the Flash figure is like probably the least good-looking figure, which is kind of a shame because I was like, "Oh man, a Flash would be great." Zoom figure looks better. Uh, the Daredevil figure looks good too. Um, Punisher. <laughs> the fact that it comes with the trench coat and three heads, real quick. That daredevil at the end of the season where he's in the trench coat, I almost freaking flipped out. I almost punched the screen. I was so happy. But um, (laughs) anywho, uh, what I was saying is that they, I don't know. It's an awesome line. Oh, Mezco. Like, they were putting on living dead dolls, breaking bad toys, toys, and like, that's Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. And Chucky. Yeah, like real niche until literally, uh, what is that? One year ago, one fucking year ago, yep. that they decided to put out this line, and I don't know how all these companies were like, yeah, you know what? We'll give you a little license for these. You know, <laughs> like DC took a real gamble on them, and they put out Judge Dread, and they put out uh, the Dark Knight Returns. And now, you know, they revealed like 12 figures or something for this year. God knows what they'll have by uh, spring. Probably even San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah. They'll probably yeah. announce more licenses. So it's it's real crazy how Mezco, and, you know, I don't have anything against Mezco. It's just that, you know, Living Dead Dolls have been around forever um, and Chucky and stuff like that. But, like, Hellraiser, they've also been known for their Hellraiser line. Um just real more niche horror properties. And then they got a little bit into TV and then 
I, you know, I can't even remember them doing any of the big two. I'm not, I don't remember them doing any DC or Marvel before this. So this is wild that they they came out of the gate swinging real hard. <laughs> Agreed. So, anywho, uh, moving on. Let's let's get into television. Because um, now you're caught up, right? I am caught up. I I am. So, Walking so let me Dead. let me ask you some questions then before we get into Walking Dead because we can probably spend sure. a little more time on that. Um, I I mean we talked a little bit about Daredevil last time, and you were about three episodes from finishing it, and you loved it at that point. What did you think about the wrap up of the season? It gets shaky. I can understand people's thoughts about how they didn't like this season as much. And they, and I've been warned from other people that they said, Oh, the last few episodes get a little weird. And I'm like, hey, I don't care. Everything's great. Fuck you. And then I was like, Oh, this makes no sense. Like the Electra being the black sky, but I thought that little kid was the black sky in the first season. A little forced. Yeah. So that was weird. Um, the fact that stick didn't talk to that other dude. Like, and maybe that's that Naboo guy. I don't know, but I didn't think so. Like, in the first season, it's like, it makes me want to watch the whole thing again, like, season one and two. But I feel like if I do that, I'm going to see a lot more holes than I even saw at the end of this season. Um, You know, Punisher, he had his arc, and it was cool. But then it's like, well, I I guess he's gone. I guess he's, he's just... I don't know. It didn't wrap up in a tight uh, knit way like the first season did. The first season could have stand alone. If you never saw that character again on TV, you would have been like, well, that story made sense. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, go on. I think, I think that's a very fair, um, you know, rundown of it. But with this being season two, I think leaving it more open at the end of the season is a smart thing because They've already, yeah. Season one, if it could have been spent a standalone, it works. But now you're into season two, you're in new territory where, you know, people now expect a season three, a season four, whatever. So, kind of saying, yeah, the Punisher's out there now, Electra's out there, you know, this backstory. You know, now Matt Murdock can go back to being, you know, kind of the center of attention in season three where, you know, they can get more into his story, you know, kill off Karen, do whatever they need to do to really, you know, bring him back, bring back Kingpin, the whole, you know, get back to that. I think that this season was good for introducing the Punisher. And people said, yeah, it's very law and order like, but you know what? I'm sorry, but Daredevil is a superhero he's by a day. He's a by lawyer. Day. So what do you expect? I expect there to be like law stuff in the, in the show. I expect there, like putting the, putting the Punisher in the court taking him to jail and then having him like work with the kingpin, like the kingpin that, that alone, that surprise is amazing. And it's just like, it's a great little um, intro to, to what's coming next as well. So I think it's, it's good for world building. I can understand the shakiness of, of the lecture thing because I really felt the whole lecture plot became kind of convoluted. Um, and it, I maybe I, I, I liked it and I didn't like it. Because I hate I hate the movie Electra so much that I like that they did this that she was badass. But you're right; it's a little it's a little confusing. It was like I was I was like okay, I don't think she's really taught by stick, but I'm gonna go with this, and I was okay with it when that idea got introduced. But soon it was like 
well, I need to kill you because you're black sky. It's like, why didn't you just kill her when she was like 12 then, dude? Like that whole situation just makes no sense to me. And, you know, I'm like, you know, I watched it with my wife um, who was like, eh. <laughs> like she really liked this season until that, those last two episodes and then she was like jessica jones still my favorite like (laughs) she was like really turned off because like she was like even though jessica jones um there's still some questions that need to be answered they're not like glaring questions like still that season can pretty much be wrapped up in a bow other than you don't know you know exactly how she got her powers but yeah I think taking a look at the Electra thing, and like we mentioned last time, like to kind of, if you gave Electra like a mini series, like a six episode series, just to kind of yeah. make things more clear, that would help. The Punisher yeah. storyline, it works um, because yeah. he, he, they become friends. He comes back, he saves them in the end. It's full circle for the Punisher. He's still out there doing what he needs to do. They realize he's a force of nature. Um, Daredevil even admits, like, he goes, you know what? I, I didn't agree with your methods, but sometimes they do work. So it's like, go do your thing. So it's it's kind of it's it it's good and it's not good by the end of that season. So I it's still it's still a great season of television. I think just you know it entertainment is. wise, it's and, a comic book. So it's like not everything makes sense. <laughs> right, know? and as I told her, I go this one season of Daredevil is better than every other TV show that's on with the exception of maybe like the flash, which yeah. stays pretty consistent, but like it, you know, I love arrow this season. It's still better than arrow. It is. I was just going to say so, that. I mean, it's better than most shows combined. So it's like, I can complain about some shit because I'm a, I'm a Matt Murdock fan. I'm a daredevil fan. And I'm like a writing fan of not having plot holes. Yeah. <laughs> but like it, it's still better than most shit that's out there. So, Still better than Batman versus Superman. Wow, no shit. All right, so let's stick on with this, though, real quick with the Marvel stuff. Um, Charlie Cox today announced that the Defenders is going to start filming at the end of the year. Um, oh, real quick, can I say something? Um, I just want to, I have a question about, because my wife and I were talking about this last night. So in essence, with these shows, if they continue in multiple season formats, we would have, once Iron Fist hits, like Defenders is like its own special thing, but once Iron Fist hits, we would have a show every quarter of the year, basically, with the four of them. So if you stick with what is happening, and I and I we talked about this too, there is no way that they should stick to two a year because it doesn't make any sense. Because at this point, you know, uh, what's his name? Luke Cage comes out at the end of on the thirtieth of September. And then you would imagine again in April that you would be seeing Jessica Jones. And then you would imagine again in November, you would be seeing Iron Fist. But then it's like, well, then now that we know that this starts filming this year, you would think that then in 2018, you would see the Defenders in April. And then you would see uh, Daredevil season three in November. Then you would have to go and put Luke Cage and then Iron Fist. Like it doesn't make any like no. from a from a fan standpoint. Like you're waiting. I mean, you're going back to like HBO early days when you'd wait like two three years to see your next season of a TV show. Oh, and I don't God. think that that's really fair. So 
I, you know, I don't know. I, I would imagine that. I think that at the end of season one of Daredevil, they a did not expect it to be as well received as it is, and then the same thing with Jessica Jones, uh, especially on Jessica Jones, because that's a character nobody even knew unless you're a hardcore Marvel fan. Right. So it's like. I don't think they knew like how big those shows were going to get. And then yet again, Daredevil season two was watched more than Jessica Jones, which was watched more than Daredevil season one. So they're at a point right now, I think where they're probably like, what the fuck do we do? And that's why they have not announced Daredevil season three yet, because I think they don't know when they're going to film this. Like how are the teams going to get split up? You know what I mean? Like, as far as writers and stuff like that, like, one of the writers from Daredevil did Jessica Jones, so it's like, I think they don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, they've gotten themselves into, like, this this big soup of, yep. um... But, you know what I want to see? Just to get off, I just want to see... No, not get off phrasing, um, get off topic. Not off topic, but, like, all of a sudden, like, once they... Once they no, no, not even that. That would be great. But, like, once they introduce Iron Fist, then what then they can do a Luke Cage Iron Fist Heroes for Hire show. So there's so much potential to to this world that it's like they need to either realize how successful it is now and like really just write the plan and say, this is when Daredevil comes out. This is when Jessica Jones shows. This is when this blah, 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 blah. When like, and kind of just also give us an idea of how long the shows will last. Because it's like, do you want them to be continuous or you're going to cap it at four seasons? You know what I mean? Something like that. They need to come up with a solid plan so it's not just so it doesn't get convoluted, I guess. Yeah, I think at this point, so Jeff Loeb is pretty much running things down on the TV side of things. Um, and Joe Casada's overseeing most things. I think That's he even oversees the, the movie side too. But I think that they, I mean, I'm sure they have at this point. You know, we need to really map this out, figure it out. Um, Whatever. Right now, as far as Netflix Marvel goes, I trust it. Whatever they decide to say, whatever they decide to release it, we'll be there. Binge watching the shit out of it. Damn right. Um, Sticking on with Marvel TV, but in a really weird situation, ABC Freeform, which is ABC Family, they announced that there's going to be a Cloak and Dagger TV show out of the fucking blue. I I don't find that too weird it's been rumored for so long that they've wanted to do something with those two characters they play a decent role on the uh, the spider-man animated show so they have been introduced to the kids um and really the dynamic between those two characters would be interesting on tv um it's it's a guy and a girl um it's you know it's mystical i just i just think it's a really cool idea for that especially for that network um, and for Marvel to start really um, putting different levels of their shows um, for different ages and audiences um, on on TV. So, well, smart. the good thing is that I'm noticing is that, and maybe this will lead into what we mentioned before about it's all connected. Clo- if you guys don't know Cloak and Dagger, Dagger has the ability to shoot like these projectile like mystical knives mystical knives and she she, her power is like of light Mm -hmm. and she gets so pent up and she's got she can shoot these things out on the other hand is her boyfriend who um is like pure darkness and he needs her light and what he can do is take 
bad guys and send them off into, I can't remember what the exact word is, like dark force realm or something like that, um, inside of his cloak. So you can also, you can also teleport. Like, you can also teleport, yep. but he can, te- he can teleport people into this different realm. Bad guys so one have, way, good guys the other way. <laughs> right. So you have that, right? And then you also have Dr. Strange who can go and navigate that realm. Then you also have Ant-Man who possibly have gone into that realm. And then you also have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is like teetering on their own, like sort of like fucking mystical dark force thing. So they may be using the mysticism side as their way to connect everything, which, and also, oh, and Iron, or uh, not Iron, well, Iron Fist gets mystical, but um, in Daredevil, who knows if they got some mystical dark force realm shit going on with this Black Sky character. Not to mention Agent Carter as well. This season. Oh yeah, Agent Carter is what I was thinking of too, mm-hmm. yeah. They so delved, They delved into that a little bit. Yeah, the Dark Force realm is something that I believe may be the interconnecting tissue that that goes into all these Marvel shows as they start getting away from just superheroes but get into mystic mysticism and you know we got the cosmic shit going on. So um anyways, yeah, Cloak and Dagger, two characters that I've known because I'm a Spider-Man fan for a while. I think it'd be cool to see that show, even if it's on ABC Freeform, whatever the fuck that is. I'll tune in. Why not? Yeah. Uh, do, do, do. DC shows. You want to just, I, you know what? Shows, Let me put I don't want to talk about that. I think yeah. that let's, let's save that for another podcast because we always yeah. end up doing a podcast. We need to do a Supergirl one. We need yeah. once arrow and once arrow and flash. We'll do, this, end. We'll do our we'll recap as usual, but yeah. those shows are, those shows are going very well. Uh, Legends is really getting amped up. Um, I'm really excited for this week's episode. So I won't spoil anything for you if you're not caught up. Uh, not. I know yeah. I, I know it's um, Jonah Hex, though, but no, I haven't. I'm not caught up yet. Uh, I wanted to talk about Walking Dead, though, real quick. Or not real quick. But um, Walking Dead ended. Uh, I finally watched it. Finally watched it. I wasn't a big fan of the ending of it. So I'm a big fan of the comics and Negan for me, I love that character. I didn't think Jeffrey Dean Morgan was as faithful to the character as I wanted. That being said, I'm a big Jeffrey Dean Morgan fan. So I was like, I'll allow it. (laughs) I'm okay with it. But the cliffhanger ending just annoyed the shit out of me. I know I'm, we talked about it. I get we did. it. I understand it. I'm the opposite because I am somebody who, as I've said, I don't mind violence, but I don't. I think that more using the word tense, maybe the old Hitchcockian aspect of making th- films or you know TV shows. I like that buildup of tenseness more than I do just outright violence or... I don't have to see it. I just want to know who died. If you're going to do it off camera and make those noises, I don't give a shit. But I think it's more of a service to the people who don't read the comics. This is, you know, this is you and I talking. You've read the comics. I have not. So I can... I'm more excited for next season because now I'm on that cliffhanger. And that's the classic TV cliffhanger right there. 
just being left in the dark of what happened and just being excited for the next season. I can see how people um, get pissed, but it was right. an hour and a half, low burn, leading up to nothing, basically, besides the introduction of Negan. That was what it was. There, well, there was one other thing they introduced, which I actually was very happy about. Do you remember those guys on horses with all the armor? Yes, yes, yes. That's also a very big part of it, too. Yeah, so I, that, that was I was like, all right. <laughs> Does that have to do but, with the uh, upcoming war thing and all that? The yeah, war arc? Absolutely. Right? Okay. Yeah. And cool. I don't know how they're going to address that this year because, like, I had heard a rumor that they're going to talk more with, like, Carl and Negan's relationship, um, which doesn't become a thing until after the war. So. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I hope they... Like, the war is 12 issues. It's a year of comics. Mm-hmm. I hope they take this entire year of TV, 15 episodes or 16 episodes, and, like, that's what they do. Like, this entire year is that war. Because otherwise, I think that they're going to be wasting that storyline because it's really, really fucking good. Cool. Anyway, I don't want to go too much spoilers. Um, yeah. No, please don't. Because that's that's the, that's what I take yeah. from that show is like I don't know what's happening. A lot yeah. of people don't know because they do change it from the comics, so it's exciting for me. Because I like I like I loved the show initially. I got turned off by it, and now the last two seasons has really just like I love that show now. You know, it's it's great. It's a great show. Yeah. It's production value, all that stuff. It's good times. And I as you're going to say, Fear the Walking Dead is coming back soon, so it's like, even when Walking Dead ends, we have the next chapter, which is which is nice. Yeah. I um, It's, like, freaking wild. <laughs> what I like about Fear the Walking Dead, though, is because it happens at the time of the turn, it's a little more creepy than just, like, worrying about humans being the bad guys, because they're still on that 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 point where everybody's like, what the fuck's happening? You know, it's this is happening as we're watching it. So the, the zombies are the real the, the real villains in this because everybody's just suddenly changing and people are having to survive instead of they've been surviving for six, you know, eight months already, you know, when Walking Dead initially starts. Or when well, Rick wakes up. You know what I mean? It's a little bit different yeah, perspective. Yeah. Planes are crashing, like all that kind of shit. So... It's more key. It's a little more chaotic than settled, I guess. I think the thing I like about it is that it's also shot better. It's shot a lot more like a movie, like a horror movie. It, yeah, like it's this. It's got better production. They use music and blah blah. blah. Like um, so I feel a lot more tense. Uh, I don't know. It's tense in the sense of like a classic horror movie, whereas Walking Dead is tense because usually you're worried that one of your favorite characters is going to die. I don't care about any of these people yet, so I don't mind if they die. (laughs) Right. Um, All right, so let's end. Oh, one last piece of TV comic information. Uh, The Boys, um, another Garth Enos uh work much you know like preacher uh seth rogan is gonna try to bring that to television as well if you go on ebay now all copies of the boys have gone up exponentially in price so i no longer can get a number one for a decent price <laughs> it's my own dumbass fault i have some copies of the comic but that's just because i like garthiness <laughs> buy it now buy it now um all right so let's finish with some comic book news 
Uh, do you want to lead the the DC line here, Chris? Um, I just I just really want to talk about the Commandy Challenge. Um, it's a, when I read about that out of ECC last week, it was just something that really caught my uh, my attention. Um, the premise behind it is just really cool, like a round round robin style of writing. Uh, what DC is doing is they're they're going to have these teams unite for the Commandy Challenge. Um, so it's going to be, it's kind of hearkening back to this thing they did in the eighties. Um, but it wasn't as concentrated on the character itself. They had like Superman and some of the other, you know, big guns in that as well. But Command D was created by, um, Jack Kirby and it tells the story of the, the last boy on earth. So each of these writers and artists will team up to tell a different, their, their best story of, of Command D in the, uh, in the future. So. I'm I'm looking forward to that. I'll I will buy that. I mean, you have people like um, Dan Dan Abnett teaming up um, with uh, Peter J. Tomasi's in there. Um, Gail Simone, you know, Len Wein, you know, all those all these big names. It'll just be cool to see their different perspectives. It's it kind of reminds me of like Brave and the Bull, but the Brave and the Bull was always written by like one one writer, and it would just tell like the team ups of these different different characters. This is one character told to the eyes of different people. So it's a really cool, uh, cool idea. So I'm looking forward to it. That's a cool concept. Um, I will say that, you know, we don't know how rebirth is going to go this summer, DC's rebirth, but as far as like them giving different artists and different writers chances in their upcoming books, they're doing a really good fucking job this, uh, this time. So, you know, putting out the bi-monthly comic, but different artists, for every other week that's smart and now doing this i I think that's a really cool idea um i want to talk about uh just we'd mentioned jessica jones earlier um brian michael bendis the creator of the the alias series that it's based off of um he says that he's gonna be working on a new alias series so i thought that was kind of neat um no no word when it's going to come out and since brian michael bendis is writing like five comics or plus the civil war two uh mega event this this summer who knows when that comic's supposed to come out but he says it is it's it's just the next step in kind of uniting the comic world with the with the movie tv world you know same thing they're doing with supergirl it's like hey people are loving these characters put comics out about them so I'll read it. Put out, like seriously, put out a fucking weekly Flash comic or a monthly Flash comic based off the TV show. Put out a. They Arrow. were doing that. Just do it. They were doing they that. Were. I don't know if they still. Maybe they still are. But I. I don't Why is there a Vixen comic? I mean, just try it out. Fucking try it. Why haven't they announced a Vixen live action TV show? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I would watch that girl do whatever on live action. Um, going on to. Dark Horse. What's going on there? Oh, as usual, you know, they're just doing some great crossovers with Predators and Aliens, as they always do throughout the year. So yeah. the next one is, uh, I guess, I know there's been Judge Dredd versus Predator or Aliens in the past, but there's a new one coming up called Judge Dredd versus Predator versus Aliens. So uh, I'll be buying that, of course. So I love it. Yeah, I, I actually think it's it. Predator versus Judge Dredd versus Aliens, but whatever. I <laughs> wrong but whatever it is it's exciting i you know those are always fun um 
What's the crossover event that's happening right now? The Predator and Alien one? Yeah. Well, what it is, it's not as structured as Fire and Stone was. That's what, um, what happened was Dark Dark Horse gave Dan Abnett kind of like free reign to start writing this new Predator miniseries. And so he's doing this four part, I think it's four parts for the Predator. Aliens, that series is going to hit in the next week or so. That's an ongoing. So what it is, it's more of a loose um, storyline, but it's still going to tie in like the engineers, the aliens, and the predators, but not be as structured as, like I said, Fire and Stone. Okay. So far, it's a great start. That the Predator comic is awesome. It has like the the Marines going down and being hunted by the Predator, you know, vice versa. The Aliens comic, I I did a short little review. I didn't really do too many spoilers, but the premise behind this comic is really neat. Um, so it's I'm really excited for the next issue. They're awesome, honestly. They just freaking kill it. Yeah. Um, so the other thing here is IDW. Uh, they announced that they're going to put out a new Turtles ongoing comic. Um, they've had a, the same Turtles ongoing for a really long time, and now they're just going to add a new one. Um, you know, which is smart for them, especially with the new movie coming out. So uh, that's, you know, they, they've also gotten a lot of success recently with the um, Batman and uh, TMNT crossover. So they're doing a really good job there. So that's going to be coming out um, this August. Didn't, didn't they also announce that they're going to be doing more miniseries around the characters from the Turtle world? I think that was announced too. I know they just got done yeah. with like a Casey and April miniseries, um, but I think they're going to go into like doing like an April series, a Casey series, like kind of like that kind of like just miniseries based around, like I said, the the uh, outlining characters, which is cool. And as much as they can do now, especially with a new movie coming out, I think it'll it'll do really well. Yeah, a backup story is going to run alongside it with uh, Kevin Eastman, the co-creator of it. Um, oh, I, that's so, what I wanted to mention too. Was back to the Ke- Commandy Challenge was I think Kevin Eastman is involved in that too. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, Tom King and Kevin Eastman are doing a story in that, so that that's pretty cool. Just to, man, they got some big ass writers. That's pretty sweet. Um, awesome. Eastman's doing the art. Oh, Eastman's doing art. Okay, he's, yeah, oh. he's doing the art on that one. Tom King is going to write it. It's actually pretty interesting then. Yeah, And then the final thing that I, I just wanted to mention is that um, I went to my comic book shop the other day to try to get some new comics, including the Poe Dameron that just came out. Um, some other stuff came out, but I was looking for The Fix, uh, which is Nick Spencer um, wrote it for Image. And it's about these two undercover cops who are crooked cops. Um it was sold out already, which I was like, what? This is like, I went Thursday, you know, new comic book days, Wednesday. So I have a feeling that this comic is going to blow up and I need to try to find it. I'll look it tomorrow. Very, it was very funny and it was big. It was like, I want to say it was like 46 pages. I was like, when is this comic ending? It's called but, the um, fix. It's called the fix. I wouldn't be surprised if it's the sort of thing just because it is very funny. Like, it could get picked up to be optioned into a movie. It just reminded me of a movie right off the bat and nothing crazy. Like as far as like original ideas, it was just written. Well, it was just a funny, you know, had flashbacks and stuff. It was, it was a good comic. 
I'll take a look for you tomorrow. I got to go to the shop. So please do. Please I may do. go tomorrow too. Um, but uh, that's it, man. That's all I got. That's all I got, man. We're gonna do this on a weekly basis. Sweet, sweet and short, my friend. That's it. So check us out on all your social media. Um, Facebook forward slash. Don't forget to tell one. Not sure how the hell we got that one on there. I don't know if someone else. Maybe I screwed it up when we first made it. <laughs> we cool. were we were rookies at that point. We were, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and then you can also follow us at Dfat Towel on uh, the Instagram. Same thing um, on uh, Twitter. We're on there. Obviously, visit don'tforgettotowel.com. The only way to travel geekly. Um, what else, Chris? Anything? Nope, just to mention, keep a lookout for that Alien Day uh, contest coming up on the site. We'll, uh, we'll have more of that uh preview for that coming up on the social media so pay attention to that um tune into all our uh podcast network we have some great shows on there yeah and itunes and stitcher for that and if you're on itunes rate and review us spread the word get our name out there more be awesome that's it for me buddy yeah this is casey saying uh bye this is chris signing off